this morning is that I get to preach a really, really long sermon <laughs> because we're not going to have communion because of what's going on in our nation and in our, even in our own immediate area. So, uh, no, the good news is that I just conducted the shortest service that I've had here at Shepherd of the Valley if, at the early service. Yeah, I got over uh, in one hour flat. But then the announcements took 20 minutes, so. <laughs> so anyway, it's time now to greet one another however you choose. Uh, you can 
tap each other on your toes or you can use your elbows or hit, hit them with your rear, whatever you want to do. So let's pass God's peace to one another. you to stand and sing our opening hymn with me. Oh 
Father, thank you that you promise us that where two or three are gathered, you are there in the midst. Lord, we welcome you amongst us today and celebrate the gift of life that you have lavished upon each of us. We ask that you would open our ears so that we may hear your voice, open our minds, so that we may receive your eternal wisdom, open our spirits, so that we may know your leading and guidance, and open our hearts, so that we may receive your wonderful love. We ask all this in the glorious name of Jesus, our Savior and our Lord. Amen. Amen. Together we confess, most holy and merciful Father, we confess to you and to one another that we have sinned against you by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart and mind and strength. We have not fully loved our neighbors as ourselves. We have not always had in us the mind of Christ. You alone know how often we have grieved you by wasting your gifts, by wandering from your ways. Forgive us, we pray, most merciful Father, and free us from our sin. Renew in us the grace and strength of your Holy Spirit, for the sake of Jesus Christ, your Son, our Savior. Amen. God, the Father of mercies, through the death and resurrection of his Son, has reconciled the world to himself and sent the Holy Spirit among us for the forgiveness of sins. Through the ministry of the church, may God grant you pardon and peace, and I absolve you from your sins. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. First lesson is from Genesis chapter 12. Now the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you, and I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and him who curses you I will curse, and by you all the families of the earth shall be blessed themselves. So Abram went, as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. Word of God, word of life. Thanks be to God. Prayer of the day. O God, our leader and guide, in the waters of baptism, you bring us to new birth to live as your children. Strengthen our faith in your promises, that by your spirit 
we may lift up your life to all the world through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The epistle reading is from Romans chapter 4. What then shall we say about Abraham, our forefather according to the flesh? For if Abraham was justified by works, he has something to boast about, but not before God. For what does the scripture say? Abraham believed God, and it was reckoned to him as righteousness. Now to one who works, his wages are not reckoned as a gift, but as his due. And to one who does not work, but trusts him who justifies the ungodly, his faith is reckoned as righteousness. The promise to Abraham and his descendants that they should inherit the world did not come through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. If it is the adherents of the law who are to be their heirs, faith is null and the promise is void. For the law brings wrath, but where there is no law, there is no transgression. That is why it depends on faith, in order that the promise may rest on grace and be guaranteed to all his descendants, not only to the adherents of the law, but also to those who share the faith of Abraham, for he is the father of us all. As it is written, I have made you the father of many nations. In the presence of the God in whom he believed, who gives life to the dead and calls into existence the things that do not exist. Word of God, word of life. Thanks be to God. Invite the children to come. Oh. Can you bring? Yeah. Can you, can you girls come up? Come on up. Yeah, there. Good. There's something different about our church setting, our church building this morning. Do you see anything different? What? The chairs. The which? The chairs. The chairs? They're a little different, aren't they? Yeah. They're seated in a sort of a circle. Anything else? Right there. What? Right there over there. What's the that? The cross. Yeah, the cross is different. The cross is different. Anything about the cross? Uh, it's made out of real wood. It's made out of real wood. And keep looking. It has a purple scarf on it. It has a purple scarf. And keep looking. Paul? You see something different? No. No. <laughs> I'm going to ask your dad. Sam, do you see anything different? Paul, you see a chicken. <laughs> <laughs> and I heard that you wondered what that chicken was doing on the cross. Is that right? You asked somebody. Does anybody know what that chicken's doing on the cross? Yep. Uh, yeah? Mary Lee? I mean, Mary Ann? Yeah. So it's the cock that grows 
Okay, it has something to do about Peter, right? And that's when Wednesday night at our midweek service, we, I read the scripture about Peter denying knowing Jesus. And what happened after he denied Jesus? Jim, what happened? <laughs> Let's have a re <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Jim crowed like a chicken. Uh, yeah, okay. So, we were taught Wednesday night that when Somebody says the name of Jesus in a way that we shouldn't say it, that we should do something about it. We should say nice, we should nicely say to that person, you know, yeah, yeah, you guys can't see this little guy. He's. <laughs> He's the life of the party. Yeah. We should tell somebody, Jesus, that you talk about is my Lord, is my Savior. And when we see the rooster, that reminds us that we should use Jesus' name in good ways and not in not nice ways. Right? Yeah. Yep. Okay. I think Let's pray. You repeat after me. Dear Jesus, thank you for loving us. Help us to love each other. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. From the Gospel of John. Now there was a man of the Pharisees named Jesus. named what? Jesus. A ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Jesus answered him, Truly, truly, I say to you, 
Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you the wind blows where it wills and you hear the sound of it, but you do not know whence it comes or whither it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the spirit. Nicodemus said to him, I tricked you that time. <laughs> Jesus answered them, him, Are you a teacher of Israel, and yet you do not understand this? Truly, truly, I say to you, we speak of what we know, and bear witness to what we have seen, but you do not receive our testimony. If I have told you earthly things and you do not believe, how can you believe if I tell you heavenly things? No one has ascended into heaven, but he who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. And Moses that whoever believes in him for God These are thy holy words, Heavenly Father. Sanctify us in thy truth, for thy word is eternal truth. Amen. For God so loved the world that he gave his only beloved Son that everyone who believes in him may not perish but have eternal life. Indeed, God did not send the Son into the world say it again, to condemn the world but in order that the world it's a risk. God took quite a, quite a risk thinking that just by sending Jesus Everyone is going to devote their lives and bow down to him and get excited about him in every setting, like the Pacific Northwest, for instance, notoriously known and identified that that isn't happening. The Northwest is oftentimes called the greatest missionary field in America, with its overwhelming population of non-believers. When asked to check a box as to their religious preference, many people, a vast majority, will check the box, none. In our setting, Beaverton, Hillsboro, and surrounds, 
At this very time, March 2020, the reality of God's grace so perfectly spoken in John 3.16 about God loving us becomes in the verse that follows, John 3.17, becomes for a large segment of our community a self-pronounced condemnation when one chooses to reject God's love one announces proclaims one's own condemnation and that was never God's idea about sending Jesus some weeks ago I shared with you that a good friend of mine once a believer is now a committed non-believer, denying the divinity of Christ, flat out, Jesus is not the Son of God, I was told, declaring that the Bible is full of untruths, some good in it, but loaded with untruths, and also rejecting the possibility of any life hereafter. This is a clear illustration of the meaning of verse 17 that follows the God so loved the world, 16 verse, which reads the 17th verse again, God didn't send the Son of God, God didn't send Jesus into our world so that we could reject him, and in rejecting him, pronounce our own condemnation. That's not what Jesus intended when he sent his only begotten son. By the rejection of Jesus, verse 16, one pronounces one's own condemnation by not accepting the wonderful gifts of God's grace, not God's intent not God's wishes, not God's purpose. In contrast, in contrast to one's rejection of God's grace in today's text, we encounter the beautiful, beautiful story of Nicodemus. I am in love with Nicodemus. I love the Nicodemus story because it demonstrates so beautifully God's intent when he sent his son Jesus to visit us. Today then, let's track Nicodemus through the Bible. Let's see where the Nicodemus story takes us. First off, we meet him here in this text. Who was he? Pharisee. He was a Pharisee, a proud stuff, living by the law Pharisee. A leader of the Jews. One of the uppity-ups amongst his peers. Highly respected. A most significant person in the Jewish society. The first thing we hear about him is... When he comes to Jesus, is 
that he came at night. Why did he come, though? No explanation is given in the Bible. Why did he come? Was he on the clock? Was he working for the Sanhedrin, the high court of the Jewish law system, which was a part of his responsibility? Was this, when he came to Jesus, an official meeting? Was he sent there by the Sanhedrin to check out disturbing things that they'd been hearing about Jesus? We don't know. Was it an official meeting? We don't know. Was he gathering incriminating information to use him against the court? Were they going to put him on trial? We don't know. Or, or perhaps it was not an official meeting he was having representing the Sanhedrin, but maybe it was an unofficial encounter, even a secret one off the clock, on his own time, on his own quest, exploring who is this Jesus that we are hearing so much about and all the things that he's doing. Doing so, not as an official of the Sanhedrin, as I said, but because he has a personal interest in learning more about this guy. He had just had an encounter with a lot of Pharisees in the temple. What had he done in the temple? They were changing money. You know the story. He chased the money changers out. There were people in the temple selling pigeons, selling sheep, selling oxen. He drove them out. And then in some veiled language, he even talked about if this temple were destroyed, in three days it would be raised. Little did anyone know what he was talking about, talking about himself as a temple, and that he would be raised in three days. Veiled talk. What was Nicodemus talking to Jesus about why did he go I believe it was not official business it was a personal reason he had to be careful though he had to be careful he didn't want his fellow Pharisees to know a thing about it and that's the reason for coming in the dark of night it was so that he could ponder and explore trying to get a grip on the things that he'd heard Jesus doing. And this veiled language about him being the temple, referring to himself as the temple, his body is the temple. Was he an imposter or is this guy genuine? Was he fake? Is he fake or is he real? He simply had to find out for himself. So when no one was looking, he saw him out in the dark asking questions like, how can you do what you do? He asked the question, how can you born, be born again when you are already old? He asked the question, how can you, after you've been born, enter once again into your mother's womb? Those were questions 
He was asking this person, Jesus, how can these things be? He asks. This conversation was a lead-in, the preparation for the best-known verse in the Bible, John 3.16, for God so loves the world, followed by verse 17, one of the perhaps least understood verses in the Bible, that God sent his Son into the world not to condemn, but to save. By the rejection of Jesus in verse 16, one pronounces one's own condemnation in verse 17. Clear as can be. Clear as can be. None of which, none of which was God's intent, none of which was God's desire, none of which was God's idea or purpose in sending Jesus. I love Nicodemus. His character is so interesting, but we don't know a lot about him. But we're going to find out some more about him. So, When's the next time that we meet this guy? When's the next time? It's in John 7, verse 37 and following, when it is clear in this case why he's come to see Jesus. He is now acting officially on behalf of the high court, the Sanhedrin. The issue facing the court is that the Pharisees are extremely unhappy with what Jesus is saying about himself. Reading John 7, 37 and following, Jesus says of himself, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. And he who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart shall flow rivers, of living water, a paraphrasing of four different Old Testament passages with which Jesus was acquainted. In effect, in effect what is happening here, Jesus is going around town claiming to be the promised Messiah. Come to me, anyone who's thirst and drink. Upsetting the Pharisees. Claiming to be the Messiah? This is blasphemy. And so the prosecuting lawyers of the Sanhedrin say, we've got to do something about him. We've got to bring him in the court. We've got to get this cleared up because he's treading on our water. His claim of being the Messiah. And so the Sanhedrin, the, the biggie wigs in the, in the courts, get the guards together and say, go and get him. Go find Jesus and bring him in. What happened? The guards came back. Empty-handed. No Jesus. No Jesus in handcuffs. Pharisees say, okay, guards, where is he? Well, we heard him speak, they said. The exact words the guards told the Pharisees. No one 
ever spoke like this man, what happened? What happened? Interestingly, at this point of the interrogation of the guards, Nicodemus, Nicodemus comes to the defense of Jesus saying, does our law judge a man without first giving him a hearing and learning what he does? Those are exact words from the Bible spoken by Nicodemus to his fellow Pharisees. Wow! Does our law judge a man without first giving him a hearing and learning what he does? Maybe, just maybe, Nicodemus's first encounter with Jesus is what evoked this response. Obviously, Nicodemus poured cold water on this inquisition. For John wrote nothing more about it. That's the end of the story. John wasn't Paul Harvey with the rest of the story. That's it. Until we track Nicodemus to his third and final appearance in the scriptures. It happens when he and Joseph of Arimathea appear on Golgotha after Jesus had died on the cross. Joseph, who is he? Bible says he's described as a rich man, a, a disciple of Jesus, but secretly so, that's what the Bible says, because he was afraid of the Jews. He asked Pilate, what are you going to do with the body? He said, Pilate, may I have the body? May I take the body of Jesus down from the cross and do something with it? Pilate said, of course, <laughs> have at it. He's all yours. Accompanying Joseph, here he is. Who? Nicodemus. Nicodemus. His final appearance in the Bible at the foot of the cross. Golgotha. And he's not empty-handed. Nicodemus, the Bible says, is carrying a bag. Or more likely, the forerunner of the backpack. Because in that bag, the Bible says, there were 75 pounds of spices. Do you know what 75 pounds of spices looks like? You buy a little thing of spice, how much is that? One of those things you buy at the grocery store. Imagine 75 pounds of spices seeming to indicate that he, like Joseph, 
was probably a rich man. It's not said, I'm reading that into this text. Something unsaid, though, is obvious. Both men have great respect for that man hanging on the cross. Joseph asked Pilate for the privilege of taking the body. And Nicodemus came prepared with 75 pounds of spices so that they could, according to Jewish custom, give Jesus a proper burial. Then what? The Bible says the two men wrapped his body in linen. <laughs> the Shroud of Turin? <laughs> Perhaps. Carrying the body down off of Golgotha to a garden, to a tomb that had been hewn out of the hillside, but not yet used. Can you see him doing that? Those two guys? Can you see him carrying the body of Jesus down the hill? This limited account of Nicodemus leaves no unanswered question about him. Was he a true believer? Of course. Of course. That night with Jesus in the dark, when Jesus said to Nicodemus, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the spirit, you cannot enter the kingdom of God, changed. Whether immediate or sometime thereafter, changed Nicodemus. Just like the waters of baptism changed us. So, What's the next chapter unwritten in Nicodemus's life? This is certain. He was done being a Pharisee. Those days were history. John 3.16 John 3, swept him off his feet and his way of following the law he no longer could live because he discovered that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that if you but believed in him not by works but by faith the Bible doesn't say this about Nicodemus but no doubt no doubt like Joseph of Arimathea who it is said was and is a disciple, a friend to Nicodemus. He had become a disciple like his friend Arimathea, Joseph. Perhaps the final recorded act of Nicodemus became his proclamation of faith when he and Joseph acted as Jesus's undertakers, while Peter, James, 
and John, the Bible says, were hiding in the shadows, watching, no doubt, perhaps watching these two men of faith take the Jesus who had called the twelve to follow him. Standing on the sidelines, they watched. I'm going to close the sermon in the way I began. Some weeks ago, I shared with you that a good friend of mine, once a believer in Jesus, is now a committed non-believer, denying the divinity of Christ, declaring the Bible full of untruths, and saying that no way is there even the possibility of any life hereafter. A clear illustration of the meaning of verse 17. What happens when you deny, when you choose not to accept verse 16? You pronounce your own condemnation in your denial of God's grace offered in John 3.16. Nicodemus, in my opinion, did an exact 180 to the 180 one of my friends did. From being a Pharisee in need of no savior had become a former Pharisee in need of a savior whom he found in Jesus God's only begotten Son. For God did not send His Son into the world so that we could deny His gift, but rather to accept it. But in one's denial, one is pronouncing one's own condemnation. Heavenly Father, help us to understand more fully how much you love us, how much you care for us, that you sent your Son and that he even willingly gave himself to die for us, that we might through his death know life. Thank you for your love for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Normally we sing following the sermon Today, we're going to listen.
together we confess our Christian faith. I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, as your Holy Spirit moves in us, and as your Holy Spirit moves among us, we pray for the stillness of our hearts, that we may be attentive to your presence in our lives. Lord, in your mercy. Unlike Nicodemus, who first came to you in the dark of night, let us in the light of day, openly and outwardly, give expression to our faith when tempted not to do so. Lord, in your mercy. During these days of Lent, we thank you that we can focus our thoughts each Wednesday night on the old rugged cross. Lord, in your mercy. Father in heaven, we pray for peace in our world and for peace in our nation. We give thanks that peace is in Afghanistan is being declared by all factions hopefully bringing to an end the longest war in the history of our nation. Lord, in your mercy. We pray for wisdom for all those dealing with the coronavirus, the hospitals and elected officials. Comfort those who have lost loved ones. Give strength to those afflicted that healing might occur. Lord, in your mercy. Continue to bind us together as our interim period continues. Lord, in your mercy. Hear now the prayers we offer, both vocally and in our hearts. Thank you. 
All these prayers we offer in Jesus' name and for his sake. Together we say, amen. Let us continue our worship by receiving our morning offering. Thank you, God, for changing our hearts. Together we pray the offertory prayer. Merciful God, we offer with joy and thanksgiving what you have first given us, ourselves, our time, and our possessions, signs of your gracious love. Receive them for the sake of him who offered himself for us, Jesus Christ. Together we pray the prayer our Lord taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. 
Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Announcements. I'd like to um, draw our attention to the things that are in the bulletin about fellowship and the need for help in lots of different ways. And also, we're, this month, we're asking for donations for Easter flowers. We haven't come to the church about this for a while because we had a nice amount in our account. And this year, we're going to start over. So if you'd like to donate towards Easter flowers, there's a sign up. You can uh, make it in Memorial or in Thanksgiving. Think about it. Thank you. Have a great day. <laughs> Think rabbit, not panther. <laughs> You know what season it is, right? It's we're coming up on what what? Easter, Easter, Easter. I have to read this, and this is only readable with the special bunny glasses. You see? There we go. No cameras. No cameras. All right. So uh, we are uh, once again this year doing Easter baskets. We're doing them for uh, the uh, children and young people who are being helped by uh, the Union Gospel Mission and the program they have to uh, help uh, mothers and children who are in distress. Um, we're helping uh, uh, right now a total of 17 uh, kids. Two of them are from our, uh, uh, I guess, in addition to Union Gospel, we're also helping, uh, providing baskets to a, a couple of children who go to KOK. Uh, last year, we uh, raised uh, uh, over $1,000. Uh, this year, we'd like to do the same. We have uh, matching funds in place, uh, uh, so whatever you give will be matched. Uh, we've also got a uh, $250 grant from uh, Thrivent, so, so we're, we're uh, making use of all of the resources that are available to us. And uh, the other thing we've got uh, is, uh, and now I have to use my OPV, OPB voice. And, and, and we also have a wonderful gift for all of you who would like to give. We have Easter eggs. And I assure you that for, 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 for a minimum donation of $25, you can get one of these wonderful Easter eggs. And each Easter egg has its own special surprise inside. I guarantee you that it will at least be interesting and may even be tasty. So, so you've got to uh, think about it that way, that, that there's, there's a little bit of give and take here to make this worth your while. So um, if you have any questions, feel free to talk to anyone on the Social Concerns Committee, myself, uh, my wife Lisa, uh, to Christine. Um, and uh, I will be sitting back there with these wonderful eggs. Uh, so come visit me, and uh, we'll have some fun. Thank you very much.
quick announcement. Uh, we are searching for a nominating committee. That committee consists of about three people, um, and that's the committee that helps establish our, up, uh, um, our leaders for the coming year. So we have three executive positions that need to be filled. Um, that nominating committee helps to fill those positions. They also help to make sure our, all of our committees are beefed up and have lots of members. Um, if you are interested in being on that nominating committee, uh, please talk to me um, after church. Thanks. Debbie. Debbie here is Mary Ann's niece. And is this Caitlin? Come here, Caitlin. I baptized this beautiful young woman when her daddy was at seminary back in Minnesota. When I was the interim pastor at Mary Ann's old church where her husband had been pastor, you can sit down now. Thank you. When I was the interim pastor at Mary Ann's old church, Debbie was a part of that church, and her husband came and decided he wanted to join the Lutheran Church. And he came to my new member class, and I had the privilege of baptizing, Caitlin, your daddy. And, oh, I mean, he and Debbie asked me questions about the Christian faith that I just could not answer. And I remember, I don't know if you remember it this way, but I said, I'll try and find out an answer. You look and see if you can find an answer by next week, and we'll share what we've researched. Caitlin's daddy went on and is now a pastor uh, in Toppenish and, and Sunnyside, Washington. And it all sort of started on an interim ministry. It was a privilege to be a part of that history. So welcome, Debbie and Caitlin. And I hear you're thinking about PLU, huh? Yeah. You're a soccer player, and you're a vocalist, and you're a violinist, or you're a, a celloist? Vi yeah, uh, OK. Yeah. There is one very talented young gal. Okay. Any other thing to share? We don't have, I wonder if we have a baby yet. I checked uh, in the middle of the week uh, for Monica and Subash. No baby yet? You haven't heard. And you'd probably be the first ones to hear. Yep. So anyway, we're looking for a baby. Soon to come. Let's... Uh, Let's stand and sing. Okay, stand, sing, closing hymn. Show away my sin, nothing but the blood of Jesus. 
This Wednesday night, we gather again for worship, six o'clock for soup and bread, with a short meditation to follow at seven, and choir to follow that. So, there will be another symbol added to the cross for next Sunday. So come Wednesday night and be a part of that, if that works into your schedule. We had a good time last Wednesday night. Go in peace. Serve the Lord. Thanks be to God. Amen.
May I have everyone's attention, please? Come up here. Ki Kiti. Kiti and her sister just arrived from India. And Kiti says, I have good news. And I said, I don't want good news. Her good news is that she is she got the job that she's been wanting to get in California. Boo! And this is her last Sunday. Boo! But God's blessing, Kiti, as you go. We have loved having you here. I loved too. And you loved it too. Good. Thanks for accepting me. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you so much. Come and say, yeah. Thank you so much, and I'm, it's so nice to be with you all, and it's, I like this fellowship a lot. Yeah, and you I'll try. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, for visiting, just. Come in the summer, you'll like it better. Yeah, okay, for visiting, definitely. I'll try my best to visit. Well, you can listen to us on podcast. Yeah, that's 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 a great idea, definitely. And thank you so much. God's God's blessing as you go.